This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I am your host, Ben Kierkowski, and today we are going to preview our week one matchup against the New Orleans Saints and finish the show actually with a few bold predictions for the Packers this season. And so, going into this week one matchup, this is a Saints team that has changed so much over the last year. And I think, honestly, could either be a really good football team this year or a huge disappointment, and that is still yet to be seen. But the season hasn't started off in an ideal way for the Saints. Hurricane Ida has done some serious damage to the New Orleans area, and the team has not practiced in New Orleans for about two to three weeks now and won't even be playing in New Orleans until sometime until October. Because of this, um, this game was actually supposed to be a home game for New Orleans, but they're going to actually end up playing this game in Jacksonville. So not only are the Saints players a little off not having their homes currently living away in actually the Dallas area, but they also don't have a place to call their home turf until October. And the advantage they should have is gone as well, which isn't a great start for the Saints after their longtime starting QB, Drew Brees, has retired and the Saints have decided to move on to Jameis Winston to be their QB for this season. The last time we saw Jameis Winston playing in serious live NFL action, he was breaking records, actually, as he was the first QB to ever throw for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. So no player has thrown at least 30 interceptions in over 30 years, and that was back um, in 2019, so a couple seasons ago when this happened, uh, where he also had the eighth most passing yards of any QB ever over the duration of a regular season. So with Jameis Winston's poor decision-making that led to him taking a backup role last season in New Orleans, and he ended up winning this job this preseason after playing extremely well, where he played just at an elite level in his few snaps with a 91.4 PFF passing grade. We always have known Jameis Winston is extremely talented as a thrower. It's just a matter of whether or not Winston can be reeled in to stop making so many mistakes and poor decisions. And Sean Payton might just have done that after seeing him play in the preseason. Sean Payton offensively is one of the best in football. And I think he knows how talented Jameis is and can be if he can limit his mistakes. This has the potential to be a really good uh, relationship this season between Sean Payton and Jameis Winston. And I would not be surprised if Winston gets better and better throughout the season even as he gets more and more settled into playing at a full-time level again after missing last season on the bench. But over the preseason, the combination of Jameis Winston and wide receiver Marquez Callaway was one of the best in the NFL. Marquez Callaway was significantly better than any other player this preseason, any other player. And he was targeted nine times with eight catches for 165 yards and two touchdowns with an elite 95.4 receiving grade. 
the biggest concern really for the Saints right now offensively was going to be the loss of wide receiver Michael Thomas, who broke the single season reception record back in 2019, but he's dealing with an injury uh, and he's set to miss the start of the regular season on the pup list. And without Michael Thomas, the Saints really don't have many options to really go to who have proven themselves to be of use so far in the NFL at the wide receiver position. But Callaway's incredible performance in the preseason shows that they might have something there. It almost shows that Callaway may be capable of being a wide receiver one for this offense, even without Michael Thomas on the field. And so when Michael Thomas does return this team to this team, offensively, this team is going to be dominant and possibly even elite because if Sean Payton can reel in the good parts of James Winston, Winston can continue to play at a high level. The Saints have two wide receivers, one wide receiver ones in Michael Thomas and Marcos Callaway. And I haven't even mentioned their last weapon, who is the best of all of them in running back Elvin Kamara. Kamara is dangerous everywhere for the Saints as a runner and especially as a pass catcher. As Kamara last season had over 100 targets as a running back, which is insane, and he had 9.1 yards per catch on average, he was just phenomenal. And they just want to get this guy the ball more than anybody, as he had 21 touchdowns last season, 16 on the ground, 5 in the air, and it doesn't stop there offensively. Because even though the Saints have uh, had to do some salary cap magic, to say the least, they still have a very good team, and I would argue... They actually have a top three offensive line in the entire NFL, maybe just behind the Browns and the Colts. But I might argue it's closer than many would say. They have the seventh and 14th best offensive tackles in the entire NFL last season in Ryan Ramchick and Teron Armstead. And they have ascending players in third-year center Eric McCoy and second-year right guard Cesar Ruiz. Cesar Ruiz, who both are getting better as they are just getting older and growing into themselves in the NFL. They both played very well throughout the preseason as well. The only sort of hole you might say on this offensive line is Andres Pete, who will start at left guard. He's below average, but that's okay when you have such a good group around him. If you look back at the last season where Winston was a starter in Tampa Bay, okay, I have never seen a QB struggle as much under pressure as this guy. His PFF passing grade, when kept clean, was 81.1, which is really good, but went all the way down to 34 when he was under pressure. Okay, so if that doesn't help you out very much uh, in understanding that that grading system, uh, his completion percentage dropped about 20%, and his turnover-worthy throw percentage doubled when under pressure. He didn't have a good offensive line when he played at Tampa. He had phenomenal receivers, but he never had an offensive line that was very good during his time there. If the Saints and this amazing offensive line can reduce the time Winston's under pressure by reducing uh, and reducing the amount of deep pa- passing concepts, giving him more opportunities to make quick, easy throws in this offense, which is exactly what they had to do with Drew Brees, Winston could be very special especially when this offense really opens up with the return of Michael Thomas later this season. I would watch out for the New Orleans Saints and this offense as this all starts to glue together and it could become something very special. Defensively, I think the Saints are going to win games because of their pass rush. The Saints have two extremely good edge rushers in Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport. Davenport has not really had his breakout season yet, this being his fourth year in the NFL. But I think similar to Rashawn Gary, he's not had the opportunity to play a full season of snaps because Trey Hendrickson was starting in front of him the last two seasons, and now Davenport gets his opportunity, and he's only 25 years old. 
This preseason, he was the best player defensively for the Saints. He consistently created pressure with an elite 92.2 pass rush grade. Cameron Jordan, on the other side, has been consistently one of the better edge rushers in the NFL over the last six seasons, and this combination is going to be tough to stop for the Packers. At linebacker, the Saints are also stacked with Demario Davis, who was a top linebacker in the NFL, and actually Zach Bond, formerly of Wisconsin, who, who might get an opportunity to start after a very impressive preseason where he excelled in coverage and as a pass rusher and was solid everywhere else as well. Even in the secondary, they have a solid safety unit with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, veteran Malcolm Jenkins, and one of the better free safeties in the NFL in Marcus Williams. Overall, this is going to be a very difficult game for the Packers, whether we think it or not, because I think the Saints, this Saints team is very underrated at this point. And the more research I do on them, the higher chance I feel like they can actually make a push for a wild card spot if some things really come together for them this year. For the Packers to be able to beat the Saints, a couple things are going to have to happen. Defensively, the Packers are going to have to find a way to create pressure. Zadari Smith has been out with a back injury for almost all of camp, and he might be out for another two to six weeks. We don't know, but he's definitely not playing in this game, or at least I don't think he should. He got seven to 10 plays uh, at Wednesday's practice. He had about 18 at Thursday's practice, but I think if the guy isn't ready to play full-time, he shouldn't be playing at all. A back injury is tough, and you don't want this to keep coming back for the rest of the season. We need Zadari Smith to be at full health if we are going to make a real Super Bowl run. Over the last two seasons, uh, Zadarius Smith has had the third most pressures in the entire NFL, only behind TJ Watt and Shaq Barrett with 107. So that means Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are going to be relied on heavily to create pressure in this game on the edge. Both of these guys have some talent, but I'm not sure how they will match up against these top offensive tackles, and I'm worried they might struggle. This will be a big game for Rashawn Gary because if he can create pressure against tackles like these that will truly show how good Gary is about to become and that would be very exciting for the Packers but because of this amazing tackle tandem from the new from New Orleans the Packers may need to find another way to create pressure and that pressure might have to come from the interior Kenny Clark was very injured last season but we need Clark to return back to form like his 2019 form where he had, I think, over 60 pressures that season. And we need Kingsley Kiki to grow into the player we saw at times who can rush the passer on the inside. The Packers are going to have to push this pocket and make Winston move. Remember, when Winston is under pressure, that's when he starts to make bad mistakes. He starts to force the throws, and that's what we need them to do. But to do that, we need obvious passing situations. And so we need to stop Elvin Kamara at all cost. Kamara cannot take a pass in the flat in this game and get 7, 10, 12, 15, 20 yards off of that. That catch has to be minimized and stopped for like a two to three yard gain. We can't let Kamara break a tackle, find a seam, get up the field, or we are going to be in trouble. The Packers defense, as we predict, kind of what it's going to look like is going to be zone heavy. It's going to be trying to keep everything in front of it. And we're because of that, though, I see a lots. I see lots of opportunity for Kamara to get the ball in his hands, and our linebackers are going to have to be all over it. The Packers were so comfortable with their new free agent signing, Devondre Campbell, who earned a starting spot after just one day of practice, that they didn't even play him this preseason. Campbell and Barnes have to look better than they have in the past, or Kamara is going to go off in this game, and this will be an absolute shoot off, and it's going to be a very high scoring game 
if we cannot stop Kamara. I think the Packers are going to be okay in the secondary, stopping these wide receiver weapons, because there just isn't enough of them. I think Jair has shown he can stop opposing teams number one. And after Callaway for the Saints, they don't have very many other places to go except Kamara with Michael Thomas out with the injury. So if the Packers are stopping Kamara as a runner and out of the backfield, the Packers will be able to make enough stops against this New Orleans offense. Offensively for the Packers, I think we need to focus on getting the ball out quick, not allowing these long edge rushers to have time to get past our offensive tackles. I like Elkton Jenkins and Billy Turner. Elkton Jenkins is filling in at left tackle until David Bakhtiari returns off the pup list, and Billy Turner is at right tackle. They both are solid, but I don't know if they are any more than that, and we can't leave these guys hanging. I think getting the ball out quick forcing these cornerbacks to make plays is going to be the key. If there is a weakness on the Saints, it's their cornerback group. They have some veterans on the team, but none of them have played well as of recently. The Packers have a very diverse group of wide receivers, and we need to take advantage of each of their skill sets, which Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are going to do. I see Aaron Rodgers having a very similar game to the one he had in week three of last season when we play the Saints. And and this is pretty much the same exact defense the Saints have as of now, but the Packers... In that game, we're actually without Devontae Adams. And Rodgers threw for 283 yards, three touchdowns, which is a very good game. Lots of big plays down the field. And so I can't imagine how good Rodgers and this offense can be with their number one target back in their offense in Devontae Adams, a much a much better and improved MVS, and Randall Cobb. So I'm excited to see Rodgers go out there. I think he's going to let it fly. I think he's going to throw for over 300 yards in this game, probably even four touchdowns. I believe that. I think the other thing the Packers are going to need to to do is attack these interior defensive linemen. They're not very good overall. Malcolm Roach, Shai Tuttle are set to be the starters at defensive tackle, but they are not very good. And I think even with a young interior offensive line like Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, and Royce Newman, I think the Packers need to run a lot at these guys and attack because not only are they just bad interior defensive linemen, the Saints also lack depth on the interior defensive line with their... They have their best interior defensive linemen suspended in David Onyemata. Their backups then are former Packers, actually, Montrevis Adams and Christian Ringo. And they are not very good. We need to attack these guys, run the football throughout this game, giving Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon plenty of reps to keep the pass rush at bay and really set up our play action because I think in our play action is where we killed the Saints last year. It was the big plays last year that were huge for the Packers and this offensive attack. And Rodgers and the Packers have to be very excited right now as they look at this injury report. The Saints' top two corners are on their injury report. Ken Carley didn't even practice on Thursday while Marshawn Marshawn Lattimore was limited at practice. And after that, they really are thin at cornerback. Marshawn Lattimore probably will play in this game, and he's the best corner on this team. But in last year's game, where the Packers played the Saints, When the Packers targeted players Marshawn Lattimore was covering, the Packers had a 158.3 passer rating. That's a perfect passer rating, okay? So, and he's their best corner. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers know how to beat this defense, and especially these corners, and I'm thinking the Packers are going to have a huge day through the air. The Saints did just trade for Bradley Roby from the Houston Texans, who is a solid to good corner in the NFL. He had a 72.2 coverage grade in 2020, so he would be an upgrade but he also will still be learning this defense. He was just traded on Wednesday to New Orleans. The Saints' other depth pieces are rookie cornerback Paulson Adebo and veteran Desmond, veteran cornerback Desmond Trufant, who had one of the worst seasons of his career in 2020. So it doesn't look too good for them at cornerback. 
So in conclusion, when it comes to this game, the last year the Packers scored 37 on the Saints without Devontae Adams, a bad MVS, but they had a better offensive line. And the Saints defense was a little better last year than it is now. I really think the Packers are going to score 37 again in this game. I really like that number. I think the Packers are going to come out and score two out of every three drives, put up a lot of points on the board. Like I said, Rodgers is going to have a day. He's going to come out here and be getting chance for MVP after this game because he still is going to look that good without having the true depth and stars that even a Tom Brady might have with the Bucks. Okay, the Packers are going to move down the field with ease in this game. Defensively, the Packers are going to struggle to create pressure, and the Saints are going to be back and forth with us. But I think the Saints are going to struggle to finish their drives, and the Packers are going to force a lot of field goal attempts. I think our defense, the Packers defense, is uniquely constructed in a way that is not going to give up big plays, and it's going to be super tough in the red zone. Jameis Winston I think he's going to look good statistically in this game because Elvin Kamara might get over 100 yards receiving just by himself uh, because I do not think we have the linebackers to stop him because um, I think you need some of the best linebackers in the NFL to do so, and I don't think the Packers have anything close to that. In the second half, when the Saints are down and the Packers can create some pressure, I do think that's when the Packers will be able to get some pressure on Winston and Winston will be forced to try and make a play, and the Packers will pick him off. I think the Packers win this one 37-27 on Sunday, and it's a little scary at times, but we finish with the win. And so, to finish the show today, I wanted to do a few bold predictions for the Packers squad. Okay, I think the first being, I think Devontae Adams is still going to be the best receiver in the NFL, according to PFF. I don't think that is bold, but I still think... Adams is the best receiver in the NFL, and PFF will prove that to be true again this season. And Devontae knows it as well, and he knows he deserves to be paid like it. So that's why Devontae Adams wants to hit free agency next spring, because he wants to be paid like he deserves, and he will be the highest paid receiver in the NFL at that time, even more than DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, Adams may not have the yardage or touchdowns, but PFF will show you that he is still the best in the NFL. And I think it's going to be the same for Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have the number one PFF grade according to in the NFL this season at quarterback when it comes to his passing grade. I think he's going to have another phenomenal season. He's just getting smarter every single year, kind of like Tom Brady at the end of his career as his last five years. He just gets smarter, continues to make really good decisions, and I think we're going to see the same thing from Aaron Rodgers, a guy who might have not have the yardage, might not have the touchdowns, uh, but he will be the number one graded quarterback in the NFL, according to PFF. Okay, uh, next, I think MVS will be a top 32 receiver in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Last season, MVS, over the course of the season, had just a 58.6 receiving grade. That was like, I think, 90th or 80th in the NFL. But most of that was due to his drops as he had seven last season. Most of them were for sure touchdowns. I think MVS has gotten way better as a receiver. I think he's about to have a huge jump to the point that he will get paid a lot of money this offseason. Over the last seven weeks of the year in 2020, including up to the conference championship, MVS was actually the 22nd best receiver during that stretch of play. There are a lot of good receivers in the NFL, but I think MVS is going to move himself into that top 32 after the season. His problems of drops reminds me of Devonta Adams early in his career, and I think we could uh, still see a breakout similar to his in his fourth year of play here for MVS. Next, Robert Tunyon will still catch at least 10 touchdowns this season. He had 11 after 
having one in each of the prior two seasons. Uh, and so that was a pretty big breakout year with 11. I think Tunyon will continue to catch touchdowns in this offense, and he's also going to be paid a lot of money after this season. Probably not in Green Bay because of it. He, I think he's going to get a top 10 tight end contract in the NFL after the season. On our offensive line, I believe Royce Newman at right guard is going to be the highest grade rookie offensive lineman in the NFL. And I think Elton Jenkins is going to be a top five guard, according to PFF. Royce Newman, I didn't even believe the Packers should have drafted. And then he ended up being the best rookie offensive lineman in the preseason. And I don't think he's going to slow down. Elton Jenkins was actually the 30th best guard in the NFL last season. And I think this is the year when he makes the jump and finishes this season as a top five guard in the NFL. When Bakhtiari comes back, Elton Jenkins is going to ball out at guard for the Packers. On defense, I think the Packers will have the best safety tandem in the NFL, according to overall grade in Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos. They finished last season as the best tandem over the last seven weeks of the season. I think they're going to keep building on that. I think at cornerback, Eric Stokes will be the starter for the Packers by the end of the season, definitely earlier than that. And I think because I think the Packers know Kevin King has a peak. But I think Eric Stokes' peak is much higher, and they're going to be—they're going to decide. Hey, we're going to deal with your highs and we're going to deal with your lows because that's going to give the Packers the best chance to win a Super Bowl. I think uh, on the edge, Rashawn Gary has over 70 pressures as a pass rusher, making him a top 10 edge rusher in the NFL when it comes to overall pressures. I think Rashawn Gary is about to break out, and due to Zadarius Smith's back injury, he has the opportunity to do so. I think Gary is going to come out and keep a starting job over Preston Smith when Zadarius Smith is healthy and ready to come back. And I think Rashawn Gary is going to actually get 70% of the defensive snaps this season. I think Preston Smith is going to get more like 50%, and Zadarius Smith is going to play something like 70% of the snaps. I think Gary is about to break out. He's going to have a great year. And so those are all my player predictions. Overall, I think the Packers will have a top 10 defense in the NFL. I don't know if that's that bold. But um, I think it's going to happen after the Packers have not had a top 10 defense since they won the Super Bowl. And then I think the Packers have the third best offense overall in the NFL, just behind the Dallas Cowboys and just behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, according to PFF at the end of the season. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.